Welcome to another episode of Spirit Rising with Sharon Rose. Today, we are examining narcissism. It's Narcissism Exposed with Jess and Jima Part 1. Are you ready to hear the nightmare story of living with a narcissist? Well, Jess spent six years with Dee and went through a great deal. This is an overview of what that looked like from the inside. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Spirit Rising with Psychic Sharon Rose. And guess who's back for another shot at the mic is Jessica. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for coming back again. Jessica is my granddaughter, for those of you that aren't familiar with who she is. And today we're going to talk about narcissism. And Jessica has been very open and honest about a relationship she went through. She's 28 years old and she had a challenging six-year relationship and she wants to talk about that. Um, And let me tell you why. It's because there's so many people out there in the same situation that aren't getting any kind of input as to what their relationships should look like versus what they do look like. And so for Jess, this is really a way to maybe give back and make a little bit of a difference. So... I want to remind you that we're going to pick cards at the end of this. Don't go away. You might want to grab pen and paper if you want to take some notes on maybe some technique that comes up or whatnot. But we're basically going to explore the relationship that Jess had. And I'm just going to, it's going to be mostly Jess. So let's just go there. And uh, Jessica, are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'll ever be. <laughs> as ready as you'll ever be. Yeah. Okay, let's just let's just let's jump right in. So, how old were you when you entered the relationship with D? We're going to call her ex partner D because why not? Yeah, we don't, we don't need to say his name. So, how old were you, Jess? I was 20, 20 years old. So, so you were and you were in that relationship how many years? Six years. Uh, it was almost seven. If I didn't get out when I did, it would have been seven. What was it about him that you just were that just drew you into him when you first met him? What was he like? Like, what was the magic that you felt that drew you to him? Well, first of all, when I met him, I wasn't fully in my right mind, but he uh, he didn't drink, which was one thing that I looked up to because, you know, a lot of people drank. That was a thing. And I really liked the way he dressed. It was it was definitely my type, the way that he dressed. And uh, he also helped me that night with something that happened with me and my friend. He helped and saved us and took us away from the bad situation. So to me, he looked like a hero. He looked like a good guy, right? He didn't drink or anything like that. And and he was lots of fun. He was always up for an adventure. Yeah, uh, that's what drew me towards him. Okay, okay. And you were in that relationship, I already said six years. It was six, just about seven years, you said. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about some of the happy times? Like I know old memories, you know, when you, I, and I, for those of you out there that are listening to this, when you're in a relationship that doesn't work really well, sometimes it's hard to focus on the high good times when you've um, had to go through the down dark times as well. But Jess, can you tell us a little bit about what were some of the really good times you had while you were with him? And what were some of the emotions that you were able to express or feel that where there was safety? Yeah. Um, so when, when you talk about good times, it's, it's hard for me, like you said, to bring those up because every time I think of something that was a great time, um, it was a great time for maybe a couple hours and then he would flip it upside down. Like it was, you know what I mean? So yeah. the, the happiest time I can think of going back and having no problems and nothing was uh, camping. We would go camping together. And whenever, whenever we were out in the wilderness, it was like, he was a completely different person. He completely changed. He would be so like 
calm and just happy. And it was really weird. Like I was like, okay, maybe it's just because, you know, it's nice to get out of the city. Another, I'm trying to think of other times. Yeah, I honestly, the starting of the relationship was probably the best part of our, anything that we went through. So it like the starting seemed like it was great. He was great and everything. And then, yeah, it just went kind of downhill from there. You know, I can remember when you guys would visit when you were early on in your relationship. And I remember you talking about um, some of the canning you were doing and uh, together. And I think you were using some of his mom's recipes. And and of course, you've been around canning and cooking and baking your whole life because that's what you do for a living now is you you cook and you bake. And I'm a canner and a baker and you, you grew up in it. Your grandfather was as well. And your dad likes to cook and bake and all that. Um, so I remember you guys talking about that. And I remember you talking specific or him talking specifically about kombucha. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that a project you took on together? And was it fun to do together? Or did he just do it? Or did how did that go? Yeah, that was his thing. And he was very anal about it. So I never really got to help because, yeah, he something about sterilizing everything and all that jazz. And he was just really, really anal. I could never really help him with a lot of stuff. And if I did, it was usually you're not doing that right. Get out of here. Or like, I'll just do that myself kind of thing. Like you said, we loved canning together. I guess gardening would be another happy thing. But he always took over that because I wasn't doing it properly or yeah. Yeah. When you first started going out with him, did he make you feel like I'm talking about early back, way back in the beginning of this relationship? Did he make you feel pretty? Oh, yeah. He made me feel amazing. He made me feel like I was, yeah, like I was the most beautiful girl in the world. Yeah. He made me feel like I, yeah, I was everything he needed and everything he wanted. And he finally found me and he definitely made me feel like a queen for the first, first couple of months of the relationship really only that long Mm -hmm. it wasn't very long maybe close to a year but not yeah it it faded like quite quick did it come and go like were there times when he would do that and then he'd treat you badly and then you'd go back to being that guy again yes yes definitely and did you how did you wrap your head around that well I just thought maybe you know he was going through a hard time I knew his past because we were very open with each other so I thought, you know, it, me being who I am, I was just like, oh, he's just struggling. And, you know, that's not him. And that's just the way he gets when he's upset. And, you know, we all get upset sometimes. And yeah, I just usually I usually brush it off like it was it was not a big deal. So you could still it wasn't bad enough in the beginning that you could still look at him with those eyes of the girl that's in love and trusting and feeling safe. Did he make you feel safe initially? Yes, he definitely made me feel safe for sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any more good memories, like things that you really like to do? Did he enjoy visiting other people when you guys were together early on? Um, no, not really. I mean, I got to meet his mom for the first time. It, like that was probably, oh, I forget now, but I think it was two or two years into the relationship or three, something like that. And that was, that was a good memory because his mom was amazing. She's a wonderful woman. And he he definitely changed a little bit around his mom and not not fully, but he definitely you could tell he was happy to be back home in a sense. Yeah, it it's really, really hard for me to actually think of a good memory because I know I can see you're struggling with it. <laughs> like you said, every good memory was turned upside down in the end. Yeah. So yeah. And you know what? That's another point, Jess. Thank you for saying that. 
Um, that's another point for those of you listening is that these guys, now we are talking about narcissism. And I know the word's been bandied about, especially in this generation's day and age right now, the last 10 years, narcissism has come out. It is considered a mental disorder. And at this point in Jess's relationship with Dee, she had no idea what that was. She didn't never heard the word. She still had never heard the word until after she was out of the relationship, if, if I'm correct. And then she started learning and training and getting coached on how to get over what she'd gone through. But let's carry on with your story, Jess. Let's go back again. So back again into the early days of the relationship and through the through the relationship, what were some of the deep, dark times? And um, you've already mentioned that he would charm you and sweet talk you and make life really good for you. And then he'd flip it over and turn it into something uh, ugly and not fun. So can yeah. you talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think dark times for me, and it happened quite often, it wasn't like a, you know, one week of it, and then it would be completely fine for a month. It was like, one week was good. One week was bad One it was like, you know, on, on and off. And it was when we fought. So if, if something like any argument, it didn't matter what it was, if it was a tiny little thing or something serious, it always became a big thing. Um, he would freak out, scream at me and tell me he's leaving and he's never coming back. And um, he's going to live in the woods. And he would, anyways, he would leave me, go and get in his car angry go drive somewhere. I had no idea where he was going. He wouldn't answer my phone calls. Um, he would usually sleep in his car. He wouldn't even come home. And that was really hard for me because I'm somebody who cares way too much about people. Right. So I was like worried sick. I couldn't sleep because he wasn't home. I didn't know where he was. Right. And I think the darkest time though, in the relationship was towards the end, just viewer discretion I'm just going to talk about something that's a little bit sensitive to some people so just viewer discretion um I was having a really bad night and there was a night where I was having a really really low point I was in a really low point of the, the relationship and I decided I was going to get drunk and I so I drank and I drank way too much and and still my ex at the like my ex were talking about he doesn't drink so he was sober so I left the house and I went on a walk it was nighttime it was late and I came home and he he was downstairs. He wasn't upstairs. So I went and laid on the couch and I was, you know, I was drunk and he came upstairs and we started arguing because I was drunk and he was mad at me. And I guess I was being way too loud. So he proceeded to slap me across the face because I was being too loud. So that was, that was probably the darkest time because that's the only time that he had ever touched me like that in our relationship. And that so was you the- feel- yeah. Do you feel like you got really lucky and that was the only time? Yeah, but there was a couple other times where it showed. Like I kind of saw it coming where I knew he definitely could potentially get aggressive. And it was, you know, he pushed me out of his way one time because I was yelling at him and I wouldn't I wouldn't get out of his way because I didn't want him to leave. And he pushed me out of the way. So it wasn't the first time he laid his hands on me, but it was the first time he physically hurt me. He also thought it was okay to repeatedly punch me in the leg and yeah just he just started to get abusive and I started to see my future after that day and I realized how unsafe I actually felt around that person the next day was one of the darkest days I think I ever felt he acted like nothing happened like it was yeah did you find yeah. that happened a lot there would be confrontations or there would be anger or there'd be some kind of blow up and then he would just sort of go on like nothing did happen 
yeah, he would, he would come back to me and go, Oh, I'm sorry. I, that was, I, I just shouldn't have done that. And, Oh, you know, for you, you, I'm sorry. Like it was like, Oh, I, I don't know who I am. I suck. And he would just start putting himself down and apologizing if we want to call it that and trying to say, you know, I didn't mean to do that. And I would always say, you know what? Okay. And I would forgive him because that's the way I, that's the way I grew up to be frankly honest. I always forgave people. It was just something my morals, you know? Well, you also, um, if, if I couldn't be so bold, you grew up kind of thinking it was always your fault as well. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of grew up with somebody that was a narcissist as well growing up. So my grandma, so you were trained, you were already groomed That's something, um, Again, for the listeners, that's something we're going to be doing a three-part series on narcissism with Jess. And this is the first part. We're going to do two more and there'll be the first episodes of each month for March and for April. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we are groomed for these guys and gals, because don't forget, girls can be narcissistic or or negative in this way as well. Um, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So did you leave Jess or did he leave or how did you guys end up parting ways? I, I left. I, I decided it was time to leave because the night before I left, the night, sorry, I didn't leave the next day, but the, the night that I was thinking of leaving was the night where everything literally fell apart for real. Like we had fallen apart a couple of times, but decided, oh, well, let's try this again. Right. But this time it was, there was no going back. He looked at me dead in the face and said, get out of my space. Basically, he was like, this is my space. Get out of my space. This is my house. And yeah, told me he didn't trust me anymore. And I think that last thing I just said was really the deal breaker for me. It was like, oh, you don't trust me anymore. You didn't feel you'd given him any reason not to trust you. Was he talking about he didn't trust you? How? Like, well, it was because I left that night when I was intoxicated and went walking around and He's extremely paranoid person, always thought the cops were out to get him or people were watching him. So he didn't trust me anymore because I went and I, I made a scene according to him outside. I didn't actually make a scene, but anyways, <laughs> according to him, I had blown our cover as to where we live because I talked to somebody while I was outside. I talked to a young girl that was, that was outside. And he said, he said, you told somebody and didn't they follow you home? And yeah, he so he didn't trust me anymore because he felt like his safety was compromised. Like he was very paranoid. Yeah. So some of the elements that were inside that relationship, uh, the emotional elements with him, particularly, it sounds like he had really high anxiety. It sounds yeah. like paranoia was a, a natural state for him that he felt. Did he have a temper? Oh yeah. He and definitely. That- did that show up virtually every day or I mean, I, and the reason I'm asking is because you mentioned to me, uh, can you recall the story that you mentioned to me about getting up in the morning when he was still sleeping? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he definitely was angry nine times out of 10. Like, you know, it, it wasn't every single day. There were some days where it was like, Oh God, like I can breathe. But most of the time there was something, What my grandmother's talking about with the waking up was uh, I, it was pretty early into moving in with him. I would get up in the morning when I woke up like a normal person and I'd get out of bed and he'd still be sleeping. And I, in my head, I'd say, okay, well let him sleep and I'll get up. And, and I was in a great mood most of the time. And, and then he'd wake up and I get hear him yelling from the room, babe, where are you? I'd be like, what? So I go in there and he go, why are you in bed still? And I'd be like, cause I woke up. Right. And 
oh, well, I want to wake up next to you. He's like, how dare you leave? Why do you leave the bed before I woke up? Like he, I was scared to leave my own bed in the morning before he woke up because I didn't want that. I didn't want him to be mad. So, so did he kind of train you? Yeah, hundred percent controlled and trained me like a little dog. But you didn't realize it was going on, did you? Until, until you finally, that last day came and that last, probably last few months of that, that year came and you were able to say, this isn't really healthy. (laughs) I think, I think when I was younger, when I was in my, like, you know, 20, 22, 23, I thought, I don't even know what a relationship is supposed to be like. Is this what it's to be like? Well, okay. You know, maybe this is what it's like and it's hard and you know, you have to accommodate to the other person and yeah, but it was an extreme, right? Because you do have to accommodate to your partner, but not in that sort of extreme. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. It was extreme. And let's just, let's step into the narcissism aspect of this. When did you first hear the word narcissist? When was the first time you ever heard that word and went, oh my God, and looked at what a definition or heard what a definition and went, oh my God, that's him. <laughs> first time I ever heard the word narcissist was actually in one of my favorite band songs was Headley. Oh. Um, I don't think I realized when I listened to that song, what that word actually meant. I kind of had an idea of what it was, but I never put anything together in my life that anybody in my life was a narcissist. So yeah. I had no idea what that word was. I didn't at all until uh, the end of the relationship with him. And I talked to my grandmother about it more and she explained to me more what it was. And I think that's when I it opened like I opened my eyes to what a narcissist was. And I honestly think you can't really see that you're with a narcissist until you step back. Yeah. Unless you have some tools and some, you know, advice to know, you know, maybe this is a red flag. You don't really see the red flags until you completely step back and you go, holy crap, that was a red flag. He did that to me. I didn't even realize, you know, yeah. like gaslighting. I had no idea what that was. What is gaslighting, Jess? How did that interact with you? So Gaslighting is when you basically convince somebody that something didn't happen or they're crazy that, oh, like, what are you talking about? You know, can you give us an example of when that happened? Is there a time when you can remember that he actually gaslit you? It happened a lot. If I'd say like, oh, but you told me you were going to do this. And he'd say, what do you mean? I never said that. Yeah. And And that's a perfect example. Yeah. That's a perfect example. And you know, I got to tell you something. You're saying this now and it's hilarious because of course I am your grandmother, right? But it reminds me of when you were little and I would call and we'd make, we'd make arrangements to pick you up on a Saturday or whatever day um, mm-hmm. to have you for the day. And then I would always call to make sure it's all good. And your grandfather would say to me, uh, no, she's at a birthday party. She can't go today. But he would say to you, your grandma just called. She's not coming. And that's gaslighting. That's a perfect example. So we're going to talk, and this is where grooming is going to fit in, and how grooming became a part of her story as a young girl, and how she was groomed by her grandparents, and really was prey perfect for a narcissist like Dee. So, you know, you've been open and so honest, and I appreciate it so much. So you realize Dee is could be a narcissist. We really don't, neither of us are credentialed enough to be able to point a finger and say, you are a narcissist. But what we're doing is we're going to take him apart and put him back together again, not literally, but we're going to take apart the characteristics over the next two podcasts that are the ones that you and I do together. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how Jess is doing now. How long have you been out of the relationship? It's just been over a year and a year and a half. 
a year and a half. Okay. So what we're going to do in the next podcast is we're going to talk about the steps that Jess took in that year and a half to get her to where she is today. Because as her grandmother, again, I can tell you, she doesn't even look physically the same as she did when she got out of that relationship. She looks more like the Jess that went into that relationship. Um, She was a beautiful young woman and it changed. And so we'll talk about that and I'll share my, my viewpoint on that as well. I also want to uh, address some of the relatives out there of people like, Jess, thank you so much for sharing your story with us for this part. I want to talk to some of the relatives of people who think they have a child that might be involved, uh, either a sister or a sibling or uh, um, maybe somebody that they love is involved with somebody that is hurting them or they feel is hurting them. Make sure you do your homework and, and get your ducks in a row so you know how to help that person the best that you can. Um, when Jess was going through all of this, we noticed right away when she got involved with Dee that the first thing he did was he started trying to isolate her from our family. And we're a very close family. And we had already fought really hard to keep Jess in our world <laughs> because of the situations around the way she grew up. And so we struggled with that. And we were pretty tough. And we weren't about to say, get, you know, leave and get out of the picture. And so we didn't. We stayed around. And he didn't like that very much. But it was so clear that there was something going wrong and all we could really do for Jess, because when someone is involved with somebody like Dee and they're going through all this hard time, they don't see it at the time. And so all we could do is just love her from afar, stay in touch, you know, in my case, deliver canning <laughs> and, and, and do stuff to try and, and spend a little as much as much time as you could with them. These are not people that enjoy family get togethers. Um, these narcissistic personalities because it threatens them. They feel insecure. And we'll also talk a little bit about what creates a narcissist. And one of the primary things that creates a narcissist is lack of boundaries. And lack of boundaries generally comes with one or both parents where they just kids don't have any rules when they're little. And so as they grow older, they just feel very entitled and they get worse and worse and worse. And of course, they've got some characteristics that lean into that anyway. The other things is that they may have a narcissistic parent themselves or someone around them that's kind of taught them how to have those types of behaviors and they're naturally drawn to that type of character. Okay, Jess, you got anything you want to add before we pull the cards for this? Thank you again. You're just such a darling. I just love you. Yeah, no no problem. I, I guess what I could add to it is I really hope that what we're doing here and the podcast going forward, I hope that we can help somebody and like reach the people like me that really could have used this information when I was in the relationship. Yeah. 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 Well, and like you said, you know, we talked earlier and and came up that, Hey, you know, wouldn't it have been fun to have somebody or something like this as a resource when you were in the middle of it and you can say, wow, that sounds like me. That sounds like something that I went through. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick a card. What'd we get Jess? Oh, it's upside down. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Jess and I are on zoom, by the way. (laughs) You got meerkat. The meerkat. Okay. I got to put my glasses on here. Okay. The meerkat gets support from a trusted group of like-minded friends. How appropriate is that for this session? That is so perfect. Get support from a trusted group of like-minded friends. So for all those of you out there that have really enjoyed this and are looking forward to the next one, maybe grab a book or two or look up some information on the internet about narcissism. Don't get overwhelmed. Narcissists, like I say, everybody's saying, oh yeah, I got a relative who's a narcissist. Well, People are using the word too freely, but narcissism is actually a mental disorder similar to bipolar or um, what was it you said D was diagnosed with? Or 
borderline personality. Yeah. And they all kind of tend to go hand in hand. There's a lady out there by the name of Eleanor Greenberg, who's done some amazing work and she's got some awesome books. Big one of her books out or some of her articles, or I don't know if she's got videos or not. But so before you hear the next podcast, go and check out more on narcissism and we'll come back at you in a month from now. Jess and Jima are going to sign off. And until then, bye-bye for now. Bye, Jess. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Spirit Rising with Psychic Sharon Rose. If you want to learn more about Sharon or you have a question of your own for Sharon or want to know more about all the workshops that she does, all you have to do is go to her website, SharonRose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. Talk to you next time.